Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Marie, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. This is your Wednesday pod. We're recording it Tuesday morning on Election Day. So I hope everybody voted. And we are talking all recruiting on this one. Listen, we'll get to Rutgers when it's time. And we're going to get to Harbaugh on the Thursday pod. We're going to dive in on Michigan. And then, of course, Thursday night with our Zoom room with our tech subscribers, we'll do the Friday preview pod. But we talked a lot about Penn State. In all the pods a week ago, we were not going to talk quite as much about Rutgers on every pod this week, but we are going to talk about Quinn Ewers. We have not talked about this yet on Buckeye Talk. We sent out a survey to our tech subscribers, and you can be part of that at 614-350-3315. The people really like the surveys. I think people enjoy voicing their opinion without having to type a bunch of stuff out. I send a survey, you click little buttons, and then we tally and we learn. We learn about what Ohio State fans think about this team. And what we asked about this time is, should Ohio State get the number one quarterback in the class of 2022? And will they get the number one quarterback in the class of 2022? And then Stephen, Nathan, and I will sort of debate that later on, sort of how this is working. This is a new world for Ohio State recruiting, and they're kind of showing us how they're going to go about this. But Stephen, before we dive into it, we don't want to make any assumptions on this podcast because we're supposed to bring the information to our listeners. Give us the background on Quinn Ewers, who he is, where he's ranked, and why we are even talking about a 2022 quarterback in early November 2020 on Buckeye Talk. So Quinn Ewers is the number two player in the 2022 recruiting class and the number one quarterback. He's behind Walter Nolan, a defensive tackle out of Tennessee. And this is a big deal because he has basically been compared to Trevor Lawrence, and he's the next generational quarterback to come out of high school. And if you watch his film, and for people who have gotten a chance to see him live, I haven't, but I've seen enough film on him, the arm talent is clearly there to the point that, yes, he deserves this type of freak out when he decides he wants to decommit from Texas two months after he committed there, which was his dream school growing up. He's from Texas. He goes to South Lake Carroll in South Lake, Texas. And that was a big deal when Texas got him because – Obviously, we see what's going on in Texas right now, but this was kind of the last shoestring that Tom Herman could hold on to of, yeah, it looks crazy right now, but there's a lot of talent in Texas, and we got the generational quarterback committed to us, and we can build around that. And then he decommitted, and all hell broke loose, and all the crystal balls that came out for Quinn Ewers and a lot of other top 10 guys have been in the favor of Ohio State. So now the question is, is Ohio State going to land the guy everybody thinks is the next Trevor Lawrence? The big thing about this is that the crystal balls all of a sudden, right, emerged. Mm -hmm. It was this kid. This kid didn't just decommit from Texas, his dream school, and say like, okay, well, we'll see what's going to happen. I mean, I guess he said that. But there was an immediate shift of the experts, of the national recruiting experts that started Ohio State's now the place for this kid. So that is really what I think amped up the attention from Ohio state fans here. So Steven is our recruiting expert. Steven follows this stuff every day. Nathan, you also check in on recruiting and you write about what it means for Ohio state when Ohio state gets commitments. When the number one quarterback in the class of 22 is all of a sudden crystal balled to Ohio state a year, more than a year before he could sign. Like 
What'd you think? Well, to me, it spoke to something that we talked to Ryan Day about on the last day of this past NFL draft. I asked him, you know, Ohio State does not have a reputation for attracting and developing and producing first round NFL quarterback talent. And Ryan Day made it clear that day in his answer that that's one of his goals at Ohio State. He wants this to be sort of a an incubator for elite quarterback talent in a way that it hasn't been. That's not saying that, like, you know, the JT Barretts and, and those guys were not great college quarterbacks, but they were not this kind of quarterback, this kind of, like, I think people know what I'm saying, that it, it, this is a different this is a different animal. So, JT's, JT's not offended. He knows. He understand. Was, okay. Or Terrell Pryor, that, all these guys, like they helped Ohio yeah. State win in college, but that's not what we're talking about now. Ryan Day wants this to be a, a, this is a different brand of Ohio State football. And I thought, and we're going to get into this later, I, I think, in, in, in kind of the, the longer picture discussion of, of what's happening now, this dynamic in Ohio State football recruiting. But this is, to me, was just another stamp along that brand. It's like he wants there to be every year, he wants Ohio State to at least be in the conversation, if not attracting the very best quarterback in the country. And I, I think, think that's more important right now that we'll get into this more later, but I think that's, it's important to kind of make that statement now, maybe in this way, in a way that it may not be year in and year out for every year in the future. Stamping the brand worries me a little bit. I think you, you phrase it very correctly, but I hope it's not only stamping the brand why you're doing this because you want to develop a reputation. I'm going to, I'm not going to do it. It's like easy sports writers make dumb analogies all the time. Me first among them, but you know, I mean, I'm going to, you know, you make some analogy of like, you're dating somebody. And then what if someone hotter comes along? What are you going to mm-hmm. do? Are you just going to keep dating everybody? And so I'm not going to do that. Cause that's not, you know, I'm not going to act. Nobody ever wanted to date me. I'm not going to come out and like act like I'm like the Ohio state of the, of the central Pennsylvania high school dating pool. I mean, also, I'm, I don't know who you're who you're trying to appeal to with that argument. Like there's a, <laughs> we yeah. have thousands of listeners and they're all thinking like, yeah, like if I'm dating like an eight and then like a nine shows up and says like, hey, I'm interested. You're like, now, now you later. Making, eight. Now you're making me do it. Now you're making me do it because because what I would like Ohio State to do is I want Ohio State to fall in love every now and then. And when you're in love, you don't care if somebody hotter comes along. And part of why I think this is interesting is. I, th- I think they are in love. I thought they were in love. And now a 10 walked in. So what about, the, what about the love that I thought we had been seeing for so long? So that's where I am on this. And I have actually, we had a fake, we didn't have a fake argument. I have to remind my family this sometimes. Just because something is not recorded for a podcast does not make it a fake argument. You're allowed to have real life that's not recorded for public consumption. So I don't automatically, sometimes I, I do, as I said before, I yell at my family, save it for the podcast. And sometimes I think like, why am I even discussing life with my children if I'm not recording it? I, what am I wasting my time? We had a good discussion. We happened, we did not record it. Nathan, you texted it out and sort of explained it to some of our texters. And we're going to redo that here today. I am a little less hot on my side of the argument than I was initially. Partly because what our what our texters said, partly because I just thought it out and I think part of my thought press on the, thought process on this is just like being nice and like a little disappointment about like can't we just be nice? And I get that that's not actually it. So we're going to get into it, but let's start with the very first question, which is really the only one that matters because what we think doesn't matter as usual. Do you think Ohio State will land Quinn Ewers, the number one quarterback in the class of 2022? Stephen, what do you think the results of that were with our tech subscribers to that question? How many said, yes, they think they're going to get him? 70%. Nathan? Oh, like 80, 82. I have very good guesses by both. 79 and, and right away when it started voting, it was like 98, like right off the bat. It was like all the super excited people voted immediately. They As soon as they got it on the tech. So 79% think they're going to get it. And I will say this, when you have a kid with a dream school, right? I, I think that's always a thing because Ohio State is often somebody's dream school. So if this kid has an admitted dream school, I guess I don't know what I would have voted in this poll 
if I voted, I didn't vote in this one. If you think that Tom Herman is not going to be Texas's coach for the 2021 season, I think you still got to give Texas a really good chance to land this kid because that this almost becomes an extra reason to fire Tom Herman. Like this season's not great, but Steven, isn't Texas, some of other Texas's recruiting is going okay. Getting Quinn Ewers, and I think we talked about it previously on this podcast, getting Quinn Ewers was almost a reason to keep Tom Herman. But now if this kid says, this is my ultimate school, but I can't go there because of what's happening and who's in charge, then you say, well, then we need to get somebody else in charge. So that I think is going to hang out there over this for some time, Stephen. You were nodding your head. Yeah. So here's the deal. Four of the top 12 players in the country are from Texas. And I mean, you can probably say that every year, but here are their crystal balls. It's Quinn Ewers, Ohio State, Devon Campbell, Texas, Kayla Burton, Ohio State, Denver Harris, Texas. And all four of those guys would love to stay home and go to Texas if Texas was. Con- would- knew what they was doing over there. So, yes, if it comes down to we would love to come here, it's just a coach doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, fine. Let's get a coach in here who knows what he's doing. And I think Quinn Ewers might be back on the Texas train because that's all it came down to is he had to actually think like an adult for a second and not just think like a seven-year-old who really wants to be a Longhorn. But doesn't the timeline get difficult for that, though? Because at what point are you firing Tom Herman and hiring another coach um, relative to when – Player, the players of this caliber are usually making their college decision. I think they're it gets tricky. Signing. They're not signing. They're not yeah, signing yeah. for 13 months. Yeah, I think that's what helps. Oh, you're right. This is 2022. Not, yeah, I'm it's sorry. Not, you're it's right. 2022, yep. but also it depends on maybe who that next coach would keep on the assistant coaching staff because Mike Yursich, he started that relationship with, with Quint Ewers and then he took it up to Ohio State. And obviously, Ryan Day, being who he is, also got involved as well. But I mean, as a credit to Corey Dennis, he kept that relationship going once Yersich left to go to Texas. So if, if Yersich is still on the staff and it's a coach who knows what he's doing and it seems like things are headed in a positive direction, I mean, yeah, he's got – Texas has 13 months to convince this kid why he should still be a Longhorn. You're right. It's It's 22 recruit, but quarterbacks are usually on a more accelerated timeline than other positions when it comes to – Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's, it's usually two years out or it's right signing day. As I mean, Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud – or even Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. One guy was early and one guy was literally two days before signing day. But good guys flip. I mean, the, who, mm-hmm. the new Texas coach, if there is a new Texas coach for the 2021 season, this is number one. This is his number one goal beyond. He, he would rather go 0 and 12 in 2021 and sign Quinn Ewers than go nine and three and not sign Quinn Ewers. That's how important. And I do think it would be, I'm not here to, to, I'm just trying to be realistic. Ohio state. If Ohio state is like the number two option for kids in Texas, when Texas is a cluster, that is a great place to be. And it worked before. And they were, it worked with JK Dobbins, Jeff Okuda, Baron Browning. It was like, and that was when Texas was a cluster last time. And it was awesome for Ohio state. Look how it turned out. It was great. So if they're that now, that's great. That is fantastic positioning by Ohio State, both with Ewers and with Caleb Burton. But I do think a necessary component of that is Texas being a cluster. And if Texas is not a cluster and Texas feels like it knows what it's doing, that is just hard for Ohio State, just like it would be hard for any school to come in and pull three of the four best kids out of Ohio in a year when Ohio state is good. Now, Texas is not going to be as good as Ohio state by the time Quinn Ewers signs his name on the dotted line in December of 2021, but they might be on a very different path. And I do think it is an attractive sales pitch of like, you're from Texas. You love Texas. Texas has been down. You bring it back. Save us. You save us. You be known as the four Texas recruits who saved the Longhorns. And we're going to give you the structure and the coaching staff that allow you to do it, that give you confidence that can happen. So I'm just telling the 79% of people who, because the crystal balls flipped and everything, it seems very natural that right now Ohio State slid right in. Like it's like Texas. And as soon as Texas messes up, Ohio State's like, hello, we're very familiar with Texas. It's not that far. Let us show you the Columbus airport. 
Let us show you the direct routes from Austin, from Houston, from Dallas, how easy it is to get to Columbus, Ohio. But as soon as Texas gets it together, if they do, Stephen, I just I think this would be 13 months is a long time. And you can't assume that the, the parameters in place now for Quinn Ewers recruitment are going to remain the same in all the most important ways. Yeah, I agree with that. This is, I mean, as you said, this, when you have a dream school scenario, all it takes is the right hire sometimes to put things back on track. And now that he's out there, Ohio State obviously had been working on him previously while he was committed to Texas or had gotten in there because, again, the crystal balls, I mean, he hasn't committed to Ohio State. Just again, it's only the crystal balls, but they're there for a reason because people talk whether it's people in Ohio State's program or people around Quinn Ewers or people at Texas who are telling the national recruiting guys, yeah, man, he's going to Ohio State. Can you believe that stuff? So people are talking for a reason, but also now the gates are wide open and everybody else can get their stuff together. And I don't know what it looks like exactly, but the next USC coach is going to be getting his stuff together on Quinn Ewers. And I'm trying to think of who another... I mean, I don't really mean this, but like the next Michigan coach is getting his stuff together to make a Quinn Ewers pitch. It's just that Ohio State was was right there at the front of the line when Texas got pushed aside. So let's move to the thing that actually we can control, which is our thoughts, because believe it or not, we are not in charge of the decisions that high schoolers make about where they attend college. Number two in the survey. Do you want Ohio State to land Quinn Ewers, the number one quarterback in the class of 2022. Nathan, what was the yes on do you want the Buckeyes to get this kid? 91%. Steven? 93%. Look, are you just teasing me? Are you? Did you guys go in and look? You doing a gag? No. No. You doing a thing? No. no idea. 92, right in between. It's 92, right in between. Podcast over. You guys both win the showcase showdown. You both get both showcase. We should have Drew Carey on sometime. I know Drew Carey likes the Cleveland sports teams. I don't know if he likes the Ohio State sports teams, but Drew Carey, very relatable to the young podcast audience that we're going after. Just like a like a sixty sure. a sixty four year old guy <laughs> with a flat top who lost a lot of weight, who was on a sitcom thirty years ago. Very hot for us. I'll see if we can get him. So, okay. Did you know where Drew Carey went to college? Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Steven, you should know. <laughs> Why would I know? Did he he to went to Kent State. Oh. A lot According of, to like, Google. According there's a lot Google. of entertainment people who went to Kent State that you wouldn't think about. And I honestly, surprise me. if you go back a generation, if, we, you, you, if you had the host of The Price is Right on a, a whatever the equivalent thing to well, this yeah. would have been in the last generation it, it, young people would have because that's what you watched every day when you stayed home from school or, or whatever like you watch the prices right but now i don't know that a kid who stays home sick from school they're just on their phone or their computer all day they're not watching the prices right we play Fortnite. yeah is there can we get that marshmallow guy on the marshmallow dj he was in Fortnite one time let's get the marsh steven you know no him, idea right? what that, i have no oh. idea what you're talking about <laughs> no steven, idea yeah, yeah. Can i you know who he is yeah, yeah i got you i got you yeah. All right. So we'll have on Drew Carey and then we'll have on the marshmallow DJ. Instead of talking about the Maryland game next week, we'll just have him on live. Does the marshmallow DJ that talk? Would be fitting. Or does he just say, douche, 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 douche. I don't think you say douche. I think you just push a button yeah. and it goes. But. <laughs> I think it'd be very fitting to have someone involved with marshmallows on the week that Ohio State plays with Maryland. <laughs> Oh, I have a bunch of marshmallows. We had, we had like a little cookout. We had s'mores and we didn't even have s'mores. I have marshmallows in my pantry. Marshmallows are amazing, by the way. You ever just eaten a marshmallow? It's incredible. No. no. It's incredible. straight sugar. It's hooves. Oh, so good. So good. It's, it's hooves. It's straight hooves. It's hooves jelly. Yeah, but you eat them. You eat them on other things. No, I like them. I like them in Rice Krispie Treats, but I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm not and s'mores, on... obviously. That's true. Give me some hooves. Okay, so it's 92% want them. Okay, so here, here is the crux of the matter. Here's the crux of the matter. Is there a reason to not want him? So, I mean, I, the crux of the matter, it's the whole podcast. We got like 40 minutes left to do this. I think maybe there are reasons to not want Ohio State to get him. And here's how I ask this question as we move on to question three. Some of these questions, there are a lot of feelings in these questions. <laughs> 
my, usually the surveys are like, do you like wings? Is Jim Harbaugh a loser? Like it's very easy for our texters to answer on their phone in the middle of their workday. This was a lot about feelings and it was hard to ask. And the questions are long and the answers are long. How do you feel about the Buckeyes potentially signing Ewers after getting C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, and Kyle McCord as highly ranked quarterbacks in the two classes before Ewers? Because really, I think the discussion here is not really about Ewers. It's about the other guys in the room at the moment. Here were the answers I gave to that. All upside to Ewers, get the best quarterback you can in every class. Just no doubt about it. Getting Ewers might cause some of Stroud, Miller, and McCord to leave, but it's worth it. So that's acknowledging that there's a cost, but that getting Ewers is worth any cost. Next was recruiting Ewers on top of McCord, who was a 2021 five-star player committed since April 2019, is tough for that player, and I don't love it, but I guess it's how recruiting goes. So that's a little more specific about, like, listen, I do think they might be maybe doing this, especially this one kid, kind of wrong. And I, I, but, ugh, but I guess this is how recruiting goes. One is you actually can have too many good quarterbacks and four quarterbacks at this level in three classes could lead to too many leaving and a hole in the quarterback room. So that's more of a like team strategy kind of thing. And then the last one was, I don't follow recruiting close enough to know, but get good players and go bucks. So I'll tell you only 2% of people said that. So our tech subscribers are into recruiting. So from, yes, of course, get yours, get a great quarterback in every class, sort of all the way down. I'll give you the answers. It's hard for you guys to guess on this. Nathan, what would you have answered to this? Is your answer, of course, get, is it all upside to yours, get the best quarterback you can in every class, or is it something lower than that? Um, I think at worst, it would have been B. That's what I assume that the texters probably answered most was B. I think I would probably, I would probably say, I would probably say get yours because of all the upside, but I don't know if you would say that every year. Okay. So maybe it's B, maybe B would be my answer. You know what I'm saying there? We'll get into that more later. That you're acknowledging get the good player, but there is a cost to it, but, but okay. Get the good player and get this good player. Maybe specifically, not mm-hmm. just get every, not, not necessarily do it every year, but I'll explain that more later. Steven, what would you have voted? B as well, and kind of for the same reasons. It's this is a, a supposedly generational talent, and so you have to go get that. But also acknowledge the fact that there are costs, and there have been there's proof of that cost from other schools. Okay, go get them one with forty percent. Get yours. It's all upside, but that does mean let's less than half the vote. So the get the kid at all costs, no matter what. Get up all upside get the best quarterback you can in every class that one, because there are a lot of other kind of options below that, but it only got 40%. So the other 60%, more than half the people were short of sell out for the best QB all the time. 31% said you might lose some of those guys, but it's worth it. 18% said, you know, McCord's been committed for a long time. I don't love kind of doing this to him, but I guess that how it, that's how it goes. And then 8% said, you know what, this is too many. It is possible to have too many quarterbacks, and there might be a cost of you lose too many guys in transfer, and now you're actually kind of in a bad spot. So that was only 8% that sort of bought the worst-case scenario, but only 40% that dove in on the, on the no matter what, what did you think? What do you think of that forty percent, Stephen? That again, less than half. That and and it's one of those things. It doesn't matter if you get the kid. It doesn't matter whether you get the kid, you know, sprinkling rose petals at his feet, or whether you get the kid with a knot in your stomach about maybe how it affects other people. The end result is you got the quarterback. So feelings don't matter, Buckeye talk. But that it was only forty percent that were willing to go for it. What did you think of that? I'm not surprised that it won. I'm also not surprised that it was less than half because we're talking about quarterback here. And I think as most of our Texans follow recruiting to a certain degree. And so they know quarterback recruiting is a little bit different. So it can't just be straight up. Oh, go get the kid. No matter what, what the cost is, especially when they've heard Ryan, Day talk about the quarterback room and wanting to have four bodies and wanting to have, 
a legitimate and not be in a situation where they were last year, where it's, if Justin Fields gets hurt, all hell can break loose because there's not even a guy who whose talent, whose ceiling level is high enough to maybe you can have some faith into it. So I think because of that, I'm not surprised that it was less than half because, yes, go get the kid, but re- at least recognize what could happen to the room if you go get that situation. Nathan, what, what did you think of that? 40% won, but it was less than half of the total voters were get, get the best quarterback every time. Yeah, again, I just think it, it's acknowledgement of the fact that this is a tricky situation, but also the fact that um, if, if Quinn Ewers ends up being the best quarterback of this bunch, you don't want to have passed on him. All right, so we're going to come back. The next question is about can you be – is there such a thing as too ruthless? We're going to answer that, and then we're going to get into all of our discussions about how this all might play out next on this recruiting Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Okay, so there actually are two texture questions that are left. This one and then the most important one at the end, and, I'll, and I will get to that in a second, but this is another long Doug is in his feelings question. Ohio State recruits know there will be competition at their position, but stacking Stroud, the number three quarterback in 2020, McCord, the number five quarterback in 2021, and Ewers, the number one quarterback in 2022, would feel a little extra ruthless to Doug, since he, meaning me, assumes McCord and Stroud weren't quite prepared for Ohio State getting another five-star quarterback that quickly. Is there such a thing as being too ruthless at the highest levels of recruiting? And the choices here were no, No way. Ruthless is how you win. Yes, you can go too far with extreme talent stacking at a position, and it could hurt the program culture. Or maybe, maybe you can be too ruthless, but you still got to do it. So those were the three choices. Steven, which do you think won? No. I think no one. Just like straight up no. No. You got to do what you can. Can't be too ruthless. Nathan, what do you think won? I think it – I think C – and I think it's because it's case by case. You said, so the maybe, you think maybe one. The may, yes. Okay. 56% said maybe. 56% maybe, but you still got to do it. 34% no way, ruthless is how you win. 10% yes, you can be too ruthless and you could affect the program culture. So again, maybe one, only a third, only a third said no. Right. That like only a third are like this. Just just do what you got to do. This is big boy school. Get everybody. And I will say the thing that where I think this matters is everybody has their eyes wide open when they come into a place because you see everything out in front of you. You do not know what is coming after you. And so this is the crux of where my hesitation comes in on this. Jack Miller was a guy that they really liked who committed early, who then got hurt, who they didn't take it. They didn't rescind the offer, but they were like, listen, man, like you're, you didn't play your senior year. You moved down a little bit. We're getting, we're looking for another quarterback, but you know that. And if you want to bail, you haven't signed anything yet. You can bail. And Jack Miller decided to stay. They went and got CJ Stroud late when everybody got hot on CJ Stroud late and everybody wanted CJ Stroud late and they won. And CJ Stroud knew Jack Miller was here. And C.J. Stroud knew, knew, knew Kyle McCord was coming, but they gave C.J. Stroud a pitch of this is the place for you, man. All the way from California, late riser, this is the place for you. And Kyle McCord, they've been on forever. Kyle McCord was like Ryan Day could have had any quarterback in the country in the 2021 recruiting class. And he picked Kyle McCord. He went to Philly and got Kyle McCord. He committed in April 2019. And so McCord and Stroud in particular – Miller, the injury thing kind of hurt him a little bit, but he had a chance to back out if he wanted to. McCord and Stroud knew about each other, and they're kind of on the same level. They're both good, but I think you are willing to go into that battle, and that's how that goes. I just cannot believe that when C.J. Stroud, as the number one hottest guy at the end of the 2020 recruiting class, and Kyle McCord as a guy who Ryan Day acted like he was in love with, that's love. That's where I thought there was love here because these aren't Ohio kids down the street that are just going to the home state school. Ohio state's making a pitch nationally. You can go anywhere. Everybody wants you. You should come here. I just can't imagine that Kyle McCord had any inclination that they were, he was going to commit here 
18 months before he signed. And then they were going to drop the number one quarterback in the country in the next class on his head. Because you don't know what's coming next. But if they would have signed, when you sign a kid who's ranked in the 200s or the 300s, listen, man, we're always trying to get somebody better. I don't th- you don't owe those kids anything. I do think it's different. When you're signing a top 50 kid at a position where only one kid plays, if B. John Robinson would have signed here at tailback, and if he was on the roster right now, and then they still were getting Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor, if I were B. John Robinson, I would have been like, what's going on, man? I thought you were signing me to be like the future tailback here, and now you're dropping two more five stars on my head in the next class? That's my issue. Because Kyle McCord was not a, hey, we're trying to get a guy. Kyle McCord was a, you're our guy. And CJ Stroud was a, you're our guy. And you two guys are going to fight it out. But now that, now that the answer to that question of who's the long-term quarterback at Ohio State might be neither of them, that all these three guys who are going to have this great battle, and the answer might be none. Because they'll battle it out, and one of them's going to have to be the quarterback in 2021. But guess what? If Quinn Ewers comes here for 2022, Quinn Ewers is going to be in the mix of play in 2022, no matter who the starting quarterback was in 2021. That's going to happen. Ask Kelly Bryant about Trevor Lawrence. That's how it works with guys like that. That gives me hesitation. And Nathan, I guess you would say if this guy is a once in a generation thing, and that was not the plan at all for Ohio State, they were in love with Kyle McCord. They just didn't know that Quinn Ewers was a possibility. And you don't mean to do this, but when the, when the opportunity presents itself, you have to do it, but it's not going to be how you do business. Then I guess that makes sense. I do think if this is how you do business, generally, it will bite you in the end because at some point people will stop trusting you at some point, you know, the guys recruits are great, but once you're here, once you're a Buckeye, then you're a Buckeye and everybody else is maybe going to be a Buckeye. I think it's hard to sell the brotherhood when the brotherhood quarterbacks are like, are you going to recruit over me? I'm the starting quarterback, which five-star are you getting to replace me next year? That makes me hesitate. And so that's where I am on this, Nathan. But Nathan, are you viewing this more as a singular one-time thing? Man, if you can get yours, you've got to get yours. Sorry to everybody else. Yeah, I mean, first of all, they were recruiting yours already before he committed to Texas, right? It wasn't like there was a it was they only jumped in after he recruited he committed to Texas. I mean, they were in on him all along. So I think their eyes were wide open on this situation all along. Um, and the, the timing of him then decommitting and potentially committing to Ohio State is, is almost secondary to that. Secondly, I do think that there is some of this that it, we're talking about this again, like, like as, you're, as you're saying, we're talking about this as in like a long term policy when really we are still just talking about this one instance. And I think this might be a situation where that if, if it had been some other quarterback, if it had been a four star or or something like that, um, or even maybe another five star, you know, not every five star is necessarily a generational talent, even a quarterback. So it, this may be a thing where they just see something in yours that they can't pass up, that if, if he were to come here, he would be too good to not bring into your program and at least give that a chance. Um, and then the third thing is what I was what I said before is this may be something that, that Ryan Day is emphasizing right now in a way that he won't have to emphasize in five years. But right now he is trying to still just still declare Ohio State as this this kind of turnstile of elite quarterback talent. And in order to do that, you might have to go get one in every class right now and really fill that room up in, in a different way than you will down the line. Do kids want to be part of a turnstile? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with, with that. I, I think I don't think you have to churn it out every single year to be known to develop that reputation. I think Oklahoma is showing us that that the way that they've, they're start they're starting to recruit it can work. Dabo Sweeney, what he's doing at Clemson, where he got Trevor Lawrence in 2018, and then he went and got DJ in 2020, and they have not offered Quinn Ewers. They haven't offered him yet, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they do because I mean that would be on pace to what, what they're trying to do, where every two years they go get the five star, but right now they haven't offered him. And, I think there's different ways to go about it than just every single year. We're going to get one of the five best quarterbacks in the country. So Clemson, I think is an interesting example here. So Clemson got Deshaun Watson in 14. Mm -hmm. They got Deshaun Watson in the class of 14. That's a big time recruit. So he takes over midway through 14 and then he plays in 15 and 16. They get 
Hunter Johnson as a five-star in the class of 17. But Kelly Bryant plays in 17, and they're in the number one seed in the playoff with Kelly Bryant in 17. But Kelly Bryant comes in while Deshaun's here, but Kelly Bryant's like in the 200s or 300s. And I do make a huge distinction here. I'm only talking about this when you're like a top, when you're a five-star. That I think that's different. That yes, every you're going to have a good quarterback every year. But if they were getting, if they were recruiting the number 183 player in the country in the class of 22, 22 at quarterback, we wouldn't be doing a podcast about it. And, I, and then you're just competing. It's when you're getting five-star, five-star, five-star that, that I have the issue. So Kelly Bryant comes in, listen, you're not owed anything. Come in and compete at Clemson, but you're not the end of the world. Hunter Johnson's a five-star in 17. And then Trevor Lawrence comes around and they recruit a five-star on top of a five-star. Trevor Lawrence in 18 and Hunter Johnson is like, I'm out. And Hunter Johnson leaves. And it turns out Hunter Johnson stinks. So now they have, that's like their blip. And this, that might be the reasoning behind here of like Clemson did it the one time. Cause it's like, what are we gonna do? Not get Trevor Lawrence. And they got Trevor Lawrence, but now they're not doing it all the time. So in 2019, they have a kid who is actually the other backup right now that when Trevor Lawrence got COVID, it was like, are they playing DJ or are they playing this other guy? And clearly it's going to be DJ, even though DJ is a year younger. Mm-hmm. So they had that kid who's ranked in the two fifties in the class of 2019 and now they have dj i think that is the perfect thing every two years because you have a guy you don't the five star does not expect to play as a freshman because there's a a previous five star finishing up his junior year but he is your backup he is the legit backup he learns and then he expects to play two years as a sophomore and junior before he leaves i think that is the perfect thing so that's deshaun in 14 hunter johnson in 17 didn't work Trevor and 18 also because they also because in 2016, they didn't get the five star, which is probably why they felt like they needed to get Hunter Johnson in 17, because the guy they got in 16 was the 235th best player in the country. So they probably had to catch up. Right. You're right. And you do. And then, you know, but Hunter Johnson, I don't know if everybody at Clemson, when they signed Trevor Lawrence was like, aren't you being mean to Hunter Johnson? Yeah. Which like, if you were, which is what I sound like right now, you, now you would look back and say like, what are you an idiot? You were like not, not going to take Trevor Lawrence because you don't want to hurt Hunter Johnson's feelings. And the other thing is it happened with Ohio State to a degree. When they went and got Justin, Ryan Day says in the middle of 2018 when they figure out that Dwayne's going to go pro, he says to Urban Meyer, and they're the ones telling the story, we got to look at somebody because they've got Tate Martell and Matthew Baldwin in the building, and they're like, I don't think they're the answers. But those guys at least were, were here were on campus and had gotten a chance to say like, Hey, do you look like a future guy or not? And then they dropped Justin on Dwan Mathis's head because they had Dwan Mathis committed out of high school. And then they were like, Hey, we're taking Justin by the way. And Dwan Mathis is like, okay, I'm decommitting and I'm going to Georgia. And now Dwan Mathis is going to replace Stetler Barnett. And it all works out for everybody. So they've been ruthless before. And we said, man, that was ruthless. That was ruthless to Baldwin. That was ruthless to Tate. But Baldwin wasn't ranked very high. Mathis wasn't ranked all that high. And Tate had been here and had proven he's not the guy. The thing that I am that bothers me about this is that McCord hasn't had a chance to do anything. And already his Ohio State career is like flashing before his eyes. So that is the main thing. And then the other part of this that I wonder about is, and this is pure speculation by me, and it might be unfair. If they, if the look that they had gotten at Jack Miller and CJ Stroud so far made them say, man, those guys are going to be first-round draft picks and All-Americans. I wonder if they would be going at Quinn Ewers or not. And I don't want to say, but it's like they at least, at least Miller and Stroud have gotten a little bit of a look. But I do feel like Stroud was kind of late in the process, kind of his head was swimming a little bit. Ohio State makes a very attractive, hardcore sell. He's here. It's a pandemic. He's on the other side of the country from his family. He's in the middle of the pandemic. He already knew McCord was coming, and now Ewers is coming. I do feel a little bit for C.J. Stroud here. So I can see how you line this up and that you get a five-star every other class. Nathan, I just think that in general, as a long-term strategy, this is too much. If it's a one-time thing, okay, I guess it's a one-time thing, but it sounds like you would agree with that, that a long-term strategy of five-star, 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 five-star – is not what you would back either at the quarterback position. Um, it's it would seem to be problematic potentially, yes. Um, but at the same time, I also just you know I, I guess I don't understand why all of a sudden why it's only 
the Quinn Ewers thing that now is potentially a problem after you sort of already did the same thing to Jack Miller and you sort of already did the same thing to Kyle McCord already by going and getting C.J. Stroud after McCord was committed. And if McCord wins his job next spring, I think that changes the dynamic of a lot of these things because now um, he's won that job head-to-head, beat, beat out those guys. And I don't know that you're necessary. If you feel like you still have that opportunity, which I think my understanding is the McCord family thinks that they're going to go in and compete for that job next spring. They have just as good a chance to win it as anybody else. Then I don't know that you're that worried about the guy that they're recruiting in behind. Are you, you kidding me? You're not worried about the next Trevor Lawrence. Of course you are. Not if you think you're the next Trevor Lawrence. Steven, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's I, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to say the same thing. He's going to be worried about it a little bit. Now, is it going to affect his performance? Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But they're, whether they say it publicly or not, they're thinking about it, and they're not 100% happy with the fact that if Quinn Ewers commits here, they're not going to be 100% happy about it. Well, I think, I think if he doesn't win the job, I think if, if McCord doesn't win the job next spring or whoever doesn't win the job next spring, we're already thinking that that might be a transfer situation anyway, right? And now I think that if you know that somebody's coming in behind you, does that give you – um, are you probably hanging around less to find out? Probably. But it's not just. But I don't think it changes anything going in. It's like if you had Justin Fields and it's not just somebody. That's the thing. I, that, that's the thing I push it back against the most is, is and I was arguing with Bill and Ari because they had a similar discussion about this, is the idea of, well, listen, there's all competition. It's like that, that Clemson kid who's in between Lawrence and DJ. He was ranked like in the 250s. He came. He's probably going to end up transferring. Like, what's the difference of, and he's a good player. He could have gone someone else and been a starter. If you're an, a, a player in the 200s as a quarterback, you're probably expecting you're going to be a starter. What's the difference? The difference to me is when you're like a top 50 national recruit, it's different. And I just like, I push back on the idea that anybody doesn't think that's special and that's different. You're the elite of the elite. You're not just another good player. You're not just another great player. You're the best of the best. And if Ohio State had gone and gotten Justin Fields and had him transfer here, and then, by the way, they brought in Trevor Lawrence to the next recruiting class and said, hey, Justin, you played, but now, by the way, we're going to have you guys fight it out to see who's the quarterback next year. I think you'd be like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? I'm elite. I'm good enough. I'm more than enough. You don't need another one of me. I'm me. And, and that's, that's a very rare air, but I think they're starting to stack some of those rare guys. So that's where it's, it's a very specific subset. And again, I guess the issue is you can transfer, you can leave, no penalty. You come here, you start for, you're, you fight for a job, you lose it, you transfer, you get Ryan Day training. Does that nullify the whole discussion, Nathan? That's it? I think that's a big part of it. I think that that's the other thing that Ryan Day is selling is like, hey, we're up front with everybody. We know what the landscape is. We know how college football quarterback recruiting works in modern days and times. So we know that guys are going to come in here and they're going to battle. And then the ones who don't are going to leave immediately. We know how that works. Nobody sticks around for four years when you're talking about recruits of this caliber. So come here, work with a guy who has proven himself as a guy who knows how to develop elite quarterback talent and then if it doesn't work out here do what Joe Burrow did do what uh, other guys have done go somewhere else and and thrive I think that that's what they're selling I think that's part of what they're selling here I think they're being upfront about what the situation is and I don't think these families and these recruits are are completely blindsided by this Steven how do you think someone and we, we can get to some questions quickly here someone sent it and said he predicts that Quinn Ewers. Yeah, and then he like screenshot his original text and sent it to us. Oh, here it is. But actually, also they're off a little bit because you, you just got to have the timing straight in your head. From the two one zero, here is my exact response so I can save credit or yeah. shaming on the pod. I'm really pulling up from half court with this one. And see, this is it's off. It says 2023 freshman quarterback Quinn Ewers. It wouldn't be 2023. It'd be 2022. Yeah, 2022. I believe the question was, when will Ohio State win its next national championship and who will be the starting quarterback? So if the issue is, that's the thing you got to, it's it's 2020, you play in the year you're the class. You sign now the previous December because it used to be you signed in February, played that year. Your class designation is off the year you're going to play, the year you graduate high school and then play that same fall. Unless he was just thinking the fact that the actual game would technically be played in January of 2020. Okay. We don't call the national championship that anyway. You don't call it the 20. Yeah, you're right. 
So anyway, so the bottom line is whatever the person called it, this person is calling national championship with Quinn Ewers at quarterback his freshman year in 2022. If Quinn Ewers is the starting quarterback in 2022, Stephen, where are the other three kids? Where are the other three quarterbacks? Where are Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, and Kyle McCord? I mean, I don't think any of them are here, especially C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, because they will have been on campus for at least a year and have gone through all this. So they're definitely not here. And I, I give Kyle McCord a 70-30 chance. 70% he transfers, 30% he maybe thinks going into that year, Quinn, he might be able to win the job back if Quentin Ewers doesn't win a national championship. So, But other than that, the other two are gone. So I do think so. 2021, one of these three guys is going to be the starter. They're going to have a competition during this season. And then next spring, if there is spring football, God willing, fingers crossed, they'll have a competition and they'll try to like keep everybody guessing a little bit because they won't want, they won't want to make a decision and have people leave. But maybe some of them will say, listen, I need a decision. So I do think it's possible. They could be down to one of them. Maybe, maybe could be down to one of them by the time you start fall 2021. And then Quinn Ewers, if he signs here, is going to early enroll and he's going to be here for spring football and he's going to play. And there's going to be the guy who was the starter in 2021. And there's going to be the five-star number one quarterback on the class in 2022. And they're going to be in spring football together. And that starter from 2021 is going to want to know, are you replacing me with this five-star kid? Especially if they don't win a national championship. Okay, but let's back this up a second. So if, if after spring of 2021, they're down to one, which is what you're saying is very possible, then you're saying that the only approach for 2022, the approach for 2022 that makes sense is to go get potentially just some guy who is your only option it, after the 2021 guy. This is straw man. This is straw man crap, man. It's not some guy. It's somebody who's not the number, the no, number that, one quarterback I'm, in the class. Right, but what I'm saying is you're talking, but but okay, but then what? So then, what level is the acceptable? Where's your cutoff? I mean, not as, not, not Cle- top, not top fifty, not five Cle- star. With Clemson and Oklahoma, it's a guy in the lower 100s, higher 200s, and then in tw- and by that logic, in 2023, you go get your top fifty quarterback because he okay, sits but- for years as a freshman and learns behind Kyle McCord. But if, if Ohio State did that, and then the one guy that's left standing in after 2021 gets hurt then all we're writing about is, is this guy who was just a, you know, a, the next level down, is he good enough to win a national championship? We're probably not gonna be writing that about Quinn Ewers. You said this, you could say the same thing in 2019 when you gutted your room for Justin Fields. And if he would have gotten hurt, we all would have been did. on red. Exactly. So that that's the, but that's what you're heading towards. That's, that's what you're heading towards in the situation we're in right now. Not if, if you're then getting that, Quinn Ewers behind him. If you, but that doesn't help you for 2021. If Kyle McCord wins the job and Jackson and Jack Miller and CJ Stroud both leave, and if Kyle, we're going to be in a situation where we're saying if Kyle McCord gets hurt, it's this team is over with. They're not winning a national championship. So the one thing is, so Jack Miller, as as as, as a rating goes, and rating is just a it's a shorthand to try to evaluate these guys. That's what these ratings are for. Um, He's not an automatic transfer just because he's he wound up in the 300s, right? And it's like the idea that Jack DeMille, Jack Miller demands to start by his second or third year, he's going to bail. Maybe is not the right characterization either. He's actually maybe seemingly the kind of guy that you would want to get here, although sort of when they were in on him early, he was higher rated. So the issue in the end is, yes, last year it was worrisome. What if Justin Fields got hurt? What would you do, right? But in the end, he didn't get hurt not to the extent at least that he couldn't play and you got him. And right now, if you had to say, well, what would you rather have Juan Mathis, Tate Martell and Matthew Baldwin, or would you rather have Justin Fields? You'd take Justin Fields a thousand times out of a thousand. So if the result is, well, if Quinn Ewers is Justin Fields, then who cares about anything else? you got the next Justin Fields, go get the next Justin Fields. But I do think there's a way you can go about it. And my point is that there are ways to recruit quarterbacks. I still say that you should try to recruit, Somebody who doesn't demand to start and doesn't leave the minute he loses the job. That at that, if, I, if you don't like me saying you should recruit backup quarterbacks, that's what I mean. Kyle McCord's too good for that. Kyle McCord's too good. He's not going to sit and wait for that. And CJ Stroud, the way he shut up the board, is too good for that. So, if if the Trevor Lawrence thing happened, what Clemson has, they it worked out perfectly. That they have DJ. They have DJ ready to go. And if this had been last year and Trevor Lawrence had gotten a virus and not been able to play, they would have had Chase Bryce, 
who was a veteran guy who was ahead of Trevor Lawrence, who wound up transferring, but only transferred this season. He stuck around for a while. So also there are ways you transfer. There is the, I transfer the minute I don't win the job, which I don't think is great to have that happen constantly. And there is the, I'll stick around and be a backup for a couple of years. And then by year four or five, I'll leave to go start somewhere else, which is the Joe Burrow route, which I think is fine. So Clemson has it right because they had Bryce in with Johnson. They recruited two quarterbacks in 17. Hunter Johnson was a five-star. Chase Bryce was a three-star. Johnson leaves. Bryce stays to be the backup. They get Lawrence. Lawrence is the starter. Bryce is a year older than Lawrence, stays to back him up. Once it becomes clear, you're never playing Chase. He leaves and goes to Duke. But now they don't have a hole because they have the next five-star coming in. This Clemson quarterback cycle that they are now in, is perfect and it's not what ohio state would be in right now and i think there's a chance by shooting too high too high too high that you wind up stuck for a little bit with a superstar and nothing behind him when if you had pulled back a little bit on the superstar part of it you would have wound up with an excellent quarterback and some stuff behind him that in the end is my argument but the justin field side of that is he's awesome Get the next Justin Fields at all costs and hope he stays healthy. So wasn't so then couldn't you argue that the the error in this whole system was getting Stroud as much as it is potentially getting yours? Well, and here's the thing. They acted like they had to get Stroud, right? Yeah. Because so, of the quarterback numbers in the room. And I, so look, yes, if it's go ahead, Steven. Go ahead. Uh, yes, it is. In the re, it, the idea of having a four scholarship quarterback room where it's four elite guys is not realistic. In the, in, in the world that Ohio State wants to play in. You know, in that world, they can't do that because, because you're right. Because every so often there is going to be a situation where there's a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields or a Quinn Ewers where you've got to be willing to sacrifice your entire room for the sake of that. And it's, you can't spend the next couple of cycles after that trying to rebuild up to that just because it's going to happen again. There's going to be another Quinn Ewers. There's going to be another Trevor Lawrence. And every so often you're going to have to mess your room up. So this three is what you're going to get. And so I know we're, I know we're running out of time, but and I tried to find this. Are, are there examples of this similar approach not working somewhere? I guess it depends. What, what not stacking, stacking, stacking to this degree. Yes, Georgia, Georgia. That's true. Jacob Easton in sixteen, Jake Fromm in seventeen, Justin Fields in eighteen, and go look at their quarterback recruiting since then. The yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't because they went yeah, and got no. Justin Fields. It's because they made the wrong decision. They made the wrong decision, but you also – if you wouldn't have had Jake Fromm there in the first place, Jake Fromm – Jake who, Eason, who almost won a national championship for yeah, you. But but listen, Stephen is exactly right on this. If you because didn't the, get Jake Fromm, J- Eason would have been starter. Junior year, Justin is learning from Eason. Eason leaves. Justin's the starter for two years, and so the cycle continued. But because you got Jake Fromm and Fromm also beat out Eason – now you're in the middle ground. You're not too ruthless or you're not too loyal like Nick Saban and Urban Meyer were. You're stuck in the middle, which is the worst place to be because all of a sudden you got loyal to Easton instead of picking the guy who should have won the job. And now for the next two recruiting cycles, your quarterback re- recruiting is off. And, and, so if, now and if they had won that national championship, which they almost did with Jake Fromm, nobody would be talking about that. But they didn't. But you asked for an example, and he gave you the there's, exact freaking example. It. Because they got too many good guys. If they would have gotten a guy in Justin's class that wasn't Justin, but that was good, but that who did not transfer the minute he didn't win the job, they'd have a competent quarterback right now, and they might be winning the national title. Instead, they got a guy in Justin who, who correctly, correctly said, if I'm not going to play, I'm not going to stay. And Justin didn't demand to play his first year. Instead, he was going to be blocked in the second year because they had too many guys smushed together. And the result is they have a national championship defense this year and nobody at quarterback. And that well, is a reality. They have and the it, most talented you, roster in the country at every position, but the most important one. Georgia would clearly be the favorite to win the national championship right now if Justin Fields was still their quarterback. But so we're also forgetting that – so- but we're also forgetting that Georgia did the thing that, Stephen, you were crediting Oklahoma for doing, which is going and finding the transfer guy to fill the gap, and then COVID screwed that up. Yeah, but Jimmy Newman isn't five-star level. He's not the top of top 50. I'm just saying they would have a better quarterback than they have now. They would have have a quarterback, quarterback, but there's a difference between top 50 national recruit and the level that Jamie Newman is at. 
I'd rather get the high school guys and develop them. But but that's an example. I mean, if we're asking like it's never happened, it, it happened with Justin Fields, and that's the example. We have to wrap it up on this because I have to go do another podcast, and we'll get to the questions on the Harbaugh pod. We're going to talk about this a little bit more on the Thursday pod. If they get Quinn Ewers, and in 2023, the number one quarterback or a five-star quarterback in 2023 is interested in Ohio State, should they sign him? Nathan. Yes. Steven. No. Yeah, I say no too. I mean that that so so you so Nathan, you said on one hand you said this is maybe this is a one-time thing, okay? You see how this is working out. Ryan Day's a little new here. Fewers is once in a generation, but you're ready to also drop another five-star. Quinn Ewers could go anywhere. He passes bypasses his dream school to come to Ohio State and you would drop another five-star on his head in the next class without hesitation. Yeah, because I think Quinn Ewers thinks he's going to win that job and Quinn Ewers probably will win that job. And you can go get if, if that does if the guy who comes in after him then doesn't win the job and gets dissatisfied and leaves, you can always get a transfer to come in and be your number two, number three guy. OK, that's going to be easier than it's ever been before. OK, I don't like it. I, I think you lose a little bit of your soul in this. This is part of it, too. I honestly do. I think you lose a little bit of the brotherhood. I think you little if you go too far, I'm not saying they're losing it because of this. I'm saying I think there is a way that you can lose it if you aren't careful. And I think there is a way that you can be true too ruthless. It's way on the extreme end. And I'm not saying this is it because it hasn't happened yet. And I don't know ever how exactly how everybody feels. I'm saying, I do think there is something in here in the effort to recruit the best players all the time at every position. I think there is a way you can go too far that is unfair, not only to the high school players involved who only get one shot at this, but that, I don't think your best recruiting class and I don't think your best roster is the 20 best players in the country every year. And here's our 85 man roster is, is the 20 best players every year from five straight classes. I, I don't think that's the, actually the best way to go about it. And that I think you can tr- tread a little too far that direction, depending how this all works out. All right, real quick. I think the, I think there's no position that affects the confidence of the team more than quarterback. And if you're in, if you're Ross, if your entire program knows that the guy that's your quarterback has to go in and beat the very best guy in the country every year, I think that means something too. That it's never a Ross, job that's just handed to somebody. And if your whole roster knows that this guy, this is our brother. He fought his butt off. He played awesome mm-hmm. last year as some high school kids coming to take his job. I think that's something too. I think you, they want to win. Oh, uh, Man, hmm. I, it, we, it's good to have I, – I have to go do another podcast. It's good to have a hard stopping point because it's funny to me that you are on this side, Nathan. You are, you are like this no, – don't get wrapped up in the stars guy. But now you are saying like I don't care about like team – like I don't care about the intangible stuff. Get the highest-ranked quarterback you can every year and let them fight to the death. I, yeah, because I sometimes the stars are wrong, and sometimes those guys that you, draft, you, you recruited earlier don't pan out. See Hunter Johnson. Okay. I find it interesting how we've shaken down on this. I hope people like that discussion. We'll delve into some more of the recruiting stuff. We're going to have a big Thursday pod. We're going to talk about Harbaugh. We're going to talk about some other stuff. We will definitely dip into a little bit more of this recruiting because it's so interesting to talk about. Most people agree with you, Nathan. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we just did the survey. A lot of people are in, are in here on this. And so maybe we'll get some more reaction from some of our texters and the people who listen to this, and maybe we can delve into that more. I'm not saying it's disastrous. I'm just saying maybe this isn't exactly the, the best way that I think Ohio state could go about it. And Ryan day can listen to this and tell me how wrong I am too. So, okay. It's Doug interjecting here after the fact, we did have to get out of here a little early. So I forgot to do the one thing and I didn't want to leave you hanging. I said, there was one more big question at the end of the survey with texters and we didn't get to it. And I didn't want to have you guys be like, I can't believe we get to it. This was the question. Straight up, yes or no, do you like chilies? 65% yes, 35% no. So that was question five in our recruiting survey to the texters. So I didn't mean to tease you with that. I thought it was going to be funny at the end, and we ran out of time, and I never said it. So I'm doubling back here to add it. And we asked for some recruiting questions, and we only used the one. We'll, we'll do more of them again on the Thursday pod. So sorry we kind of had to rush there at the end. Thanks to you guys for listening to this one. That was that flew by for us. It felt like it flew by. So we hope you enjoyed it. Back with the big Thursday pod. Zoom call Thursday night for the Friday picks preview for Ohio State Rutgers. For Stephen and Nathan, I'm Doug. And that 
was Buckeye Talk.